Hey guys, this is Alex with the Deep South Podcast. We have you covered on all your Pelican, Saints, LSU, and Houston Astros news. Be sure to follow us on Twitter to find links to our podcast and to get the latest news on the teams that we cover. For all your LSU, Saints, and Houston Astros coverage, you can follow at HotLSU on Twitter. And for all your New Orleans Pelicans and NBA coverage, you can follow at HotPelicans and our main and our Deep South Podcast Twitter account is at South underscore podcast. Be sure to follow us, find our podcast, share it, comment, like it, interact with us, and let's get these podcasts going. Silky B. How's it going, Pelicans fans, Lakers fans, general NBA fans, and everything in between? And welcome to this edition of the Deep South Podcast, where we're coming back to you. We're going to talk some Pelicans today. It's a slower season right now, a slower news cycle during this NBA offseason. And there's a good bit to talk about today. We're going to recap some summer league. We're going to talk about... Some of the guys, the young players that the Pelicans brought in via that Lakers trade and trading down with the Atlanta Hawks to get the three players that we're going to talk about today. We're also going to talk about the primary roles of the acquisitions we got from the Lakers, those players we got in Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram. Talk about how they fit into this Pelicans offense and Gentry system and what they're going to be asked to do on a nightly basis in my opinion, from that fan perspective. As I said, though, you're listening to the Deep South Podcast. You can find this podcast virtually anywhere you get your podcasts from. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anything anything you can think of, really. Anchor, Podbean, the list goes on and on. You can find us anywhere. If you find us on one of those streaming services or podcast catchers, do us a favor, give us a five-star rating, let you know, let us know what you like about the podcast, what you'd like to see going forward with the podcast, because this podcast is from the pan- fans' perspective. It's by fans, for fans, and we're bringing this to fans of the team. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this edition of the Deep South Podcast. So first, we're going to kick this off in the first segment with a summer league recap, and we're going to talk about three players that really showed out in the summer league for the New Orleans Pelicans, and boy, we had a really good run, a really fun run this year in summer league. It's really been different to see us having young players, us having first-round picks, highly touted talent, you know, um, highly touted talents from the draft. And people that just, they want to, oh, Pelicans fans want to come out and watch and see because in years past, we haven't really had too much excitement in terms of the summer league, in terms of seeing our young players, because obviously, as, as Pelicans fans know, we had Dell Dimps in place 
before as our general manager prior to getting David Griffin, and he didn't really like hanging on to first-round picks very much. Um, so really the last time we got to see a quality first-round pick before this year was Buddy Heald, who inevitably was traded to the Sacramento Kings for DeMarcus Cousins and has had a pretty good career so far, given he was a four-year college player, so he was an older player coming into the league. I think he came in at around 23 years old, um, but has only gotten better every year he's been in the league, so it would have been nice to, to hang on to him, but this year we have some really exciting talents. Um, some really exciting guys that that showed flashes in pretty much every aspect of the game. And so we're going to break down these three players, starting with our second round pick, who uh, went at the top of the second round, and that's D.D. Lazada Silva. His nickname is D.D. And this was a guy who, for most Pelicans fans or just fans of the NBA in general, nobody really knew who this guy was, and it was kind of su- a surprise for Pelicans fans um, to see this name on there, somebody who we ha- haven't been able to watch, obviously, because he wasn't um, in the NCAA. He wasn't playing college basketball in the U.S. But this guy has some really interesting aspects of his game. He's uh, he's going to be a draft and stash, if you haven't already heard. Um, he's going to be playing in the Australian League um, to start next season and going to play the duration of next season in Australia um, and hopefully he can develop there. He's going to certainly get more playing time because there was not room for him um, to play really any minutes here with the newfound depth that the Pelicans have, especially in the backcourt. The Pelicans are very deep in the backcourt, and uh, this guy can play in the backcourt or on the wing, um, either one. He's a pretty size, uh, sizable guy, um, which you can say about all the, the guys that we have, and we're going to talk about each one of them. But let's break down Didi's game a little bit. And we saw some really good things from him in summer league, he was scoring um, pretty pretty fine, pretty efficiently. Uh, his last game, he had more of a rough game. I think he went two for nine in that game. Um, the the Pelicans had trouble scoring in that one, but for the most part, he averaged around thirteen points in the summer league. He's a very good shooter. Um, if you watch his form on his jump shot, it's pretty quick. It, it looks pretty fluid and it looks very natural. Um, so that's good to see that this guy. This, this guy has a, a good quality form on his shot that should continue to develop and, uh, and be an integral part of his game. Um, but there's some other things that we saw. He came in um, in terms of the scouting port as just a, a shooter um, and not much else. And I think that, that people covering the draft and covering prospects didn't know, you know any more than we did really. You know. um, but Trajan Langdon does a really good job of finding these diamonds in the rough that have played overseas, that have played in Europe or in you know Spain or Italy or and, and things like that. He just finds these guys that are playing overseas outside of the NBA and, and brings them in. He found DD. Um, I'm sure he played a big part in that. And then bringing in Nicola Melli, who's going to serve as kind of a stretch four for the team. Um, he hasn't been officially signed yet, so we'll learn more about him in the coming days, but they're going to be signing him with the room exception, uh, just trying to get some room for him once all these other moves are finalized and, and are, you know, affected, affect the salary cap, then we'll probably see Nicola Melli be signed and we can learn a little more about him. But some other aspects of DD's game, he's a pretty solid 
passer and playmaker. Now, it doesn't seem like to this point, at least from what we saw in Summer League, this isn't a guy that's going to be your primary playmaker. He's not going to be uh, the point guard out there, the de facto point guard running the offense. That doesn't really seem like his game. Uh, he operates as more of an off-ball player, but he can make the right pass and really just makes the right play when he's out there on the courts. But another big part of his game that you didn't really hear about coming into the summer league and on his scouting report is his defense. This is a guy that plays aggressive defense, especially against backcourt players. He was put in the pick and roll quite a few times throughout throughout the summer league and was really able to um, fight over screens pretty easily along with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Both of them pretty effectively fought over those screens, were able to to um, you know stick to that playmaker and that initiator of the pick and roll and, and really just make that play um, ineffective, you know, um, or as much as he could. So that was really good to see. He's also aggressive at jumping in the passing lanes. Um, if you saw during the um, the Bulls game, I believe they had a the game winning play was they were trying to in, inbound the ball. The Pelicans were up by a point, and they went to inbound the ball. And DD jumps in the way and steals the ball for that final play, and they only had a couple seconds to get the shot off and uh, won the game for the Pelicans in that contest. So um, it's really good to see his aggressiveness, jumping in the passing lanes, fighting over those screens, and it seems like this guy can really be a two-way player. Now, of course, we're going to have to see him against some tougher competition, against you know some more NBA-ready competition and NBA players, but. Just from what we've seen so far in the summer league, this seems like a really promising 3 and D prospect, a guy who can play the one through the three, really, and just score. He can hit that three-point shot um, pretty effectively off the catch and shoot. And at times, he'll be able to distribute a little bit and, and really just makes the right play. He seems like a very high IQ player. So... We'll be able to talk about him more um, as the season progresses. I'm sure we'll see some highlights from him in Australia, and the Pelicans organization will keep us updated on what he's doing. But but plan on not hearing too, too much about him. He is going to be a draft and stash, like I said. And so we'll probably see more of him next season as he competes for a, a roster spot on this Pelicans roster. All right, let's move on now to Jackson Hayes, um, a pretty highly – touted player coming out of college but he's a really interesting player and there's a couple reasons behind that one at the beginning of the season at Texas he wasn't really playing too much in in terms of minutes and he really didn't uh, hold down that starting role until the latter half of the season at Texas and didn't have two impressive numbers I believe he averaged like 10 points and four rebounds or five rebounds Um, so it wasn't anything that that really jumps out at you but the main thing that's interesting about Jackson Hayes is that he hasn't been playing basketball for very long. This guy didn't really start on his high school team playing basketball until his senior year. He played football. He was a wide receiver. And as I'm going to talk about in a little bit, you can really tell that he has those wide receiver hands and just really big hands in general. And uh, we have our own version of the claw here in, in New Orleans with Jackson Hayes. He has huge hands, and he can just basically catch it in stride whenever he uh, gets that pass. Um, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker was really throwing some some flashy passes, some 
some great passes to Jackson Hayes, and he said as much in an interview um, when he got that big poster dunk in Summer League that I'm sure all Pelicans fans saw and watched the video and kind of gawked at a little bit. It's just great to see. And he he complimented Nikhil Alexander-Walker's pass that got him that dunk. He just, um, you know, it was a wraparound pass around two defenders that got Jackson Hayes the poster. And, yeah, just a great play there. And, and I'm sure you've seen the highlights and everything, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But he's a guy that can pretty much catch anything. And he's going to catch in his stride, um, which you can't say about a lot of more traditional big men. But there's a lot of aspects of his game that, that were – you know, really impressive at the summer league. He averaged 16 points a game in the summer league. Um, he he showed in his time. He had a little over one block, but you know they were giving a lot of time to other guys as well in the front court, like Cavell Bigby Williams um, and some other guys that um, Zylan Cheatham as well. So they were kind of distributing the minutes a good bit. He wasn't playing like a full starter's role. Um, But you could just see the rim protection and the shot blocking is there. He had one block um, in a game. I forget who they were playing, but he he jumped up so high and with such great timing that he blocked the ball with his elbow. Um, This guy just has – his hops are just through the roof. Um, I mean, he's just such an athlete. And it's really, really fun to see. But he he was able to flex some other skills that you weren't really able to see at Texas. Um, First of all, as I I said, he's a rim protector. He's a shot blocker. He's a really mobile big and operates really well as the role man in the pick and roll, as well as working off ball, moving off ball um, to kind of find some uh, some lanes to the basket um, and to cut and, you know, get some buckets working like that, operating with cuts and, and off-ball movements. So um, it's not just running in the pick-and-roll and, and getting a pass from from a guard you know, right around the basket that's going to get this guy points. He's able to do it in a variety of ways. He, um, you know, similar to DD and Nikhail, they're just high IQ players. They just make the right play. And you saw that with Jackson Hayes. Um, it's we're, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be able to defend the perimeter um, there were times where with more ball handling, um, you know, better ball handling guards and quick guards and things like that, he can kind of get exposed at times that, as most big man in the league can. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can increase that lateral quickness, if he can go out on the perimeter and guard perimeter players out there. Um, but the, the rim protection is there. So that first and foremost, that's going to be his, his bread and butter when it comes to defense. He's going to be around that paint. Uh, protecting the rim and blocking shots. Um, he is a subpar rebounder as well for his size. He's he's around 6'10", 6'11", um, and he should be able to rebound the ball better. And what's going to help him improve in that regard is just going to be to to put on some more weight. Because if you look at this guy, he's super scrawny. He's really tall and skinny. Um, and he's just going to have to to strengthen his core, um, his core and his lower body, especially in order to be able to box out um, some of the bigger centers and, and front court players in the NBA. And I think in his first season, he's not going to play too much, maybe like, you know, eight to 10 minutes a game at the most, um, in my opinion. But he's going to have to put on that weight 
in order to um, to be able to play big minutes in the NBA and take on uh, the you know the big people at his position because he's going to be primarily a center. He's not going to be uh, switching around too much. Um, you know, in my estimation, I think he's going to play center for the majority of the time, and so he's going to have to add to that core strength so that he can box players out, so he can fight for rebounds um, and, and things like that. So that's going to be a big part. Of his development going forward, in my opinion, is just going to be getting some more strength um, and adding to the the repertoire that he has offensively. He did show uh, some ability to score in the post and and have a few moves down there, which you didn't really see at Texas. It was just more dunks and um, you know and lobs and things like that. Um, so he did show um, a, a bit more versatility on the offensive end throughout summer league and. He was taking some jump shots. Um, we saw some jump shots from him. He actually had a wide-open three in transition that uh, he just took pretty fearlessly, and he was able to knock it down. Um, the, I believe that was the one and only three he took, and, and he made it. So shooting 100% from three in the summer league, pretty impressive. Um, not really, but, but you know, he, he was able to shoot some jump shots. Um, he, he had a couple, um, a couple other like mid range jump shots that he took and it's just great to see him taking that shot. Even if they're not going to go in at a, at a really high clip, um, it, it just, it's indicative of the fact that he's trying to work on some different parts of his game and he's trying to diversify his offense just by the fact that he's taking these shots and he's not afraid um, to take the shot when it's open and available to him. So that was good to see. Um, that'd be really great if he could develop that part of his game and, and really just from what we saw in summer league, I mean, you can't really put a ceiling on this guy as a guy that has only been playing competitive basketball for about two years now, a guy that can protect the rim. He's super mobile and quick. He can run the floor. Um, and he's already taking a jump shot, you know, and, and, and made quite a few of them. So you can't really put a, a ceiling on Jackson Hayes just yet, but most people were kind of seeing him as like a Clint Capella type, a DeAndre Jordan type of player. But if he can develop a jump shot and he can diversify his offense a bit more than the repertoire he has right now, then you could really be talking about this guy as the next, you know, unicorn to a certain extent. I mean, I don't think he's going to be an all-star player. I don't really see that in him. I think he's going to be a quality role player and a guy that's going to fit into the Pelican system. He's going to fit um, pretty nicely next to Zion, especially if both of them can continue to develop their jump shots. And that's pretty much what we're going to see from him. I don't think you're going to see too much of him in this first year as well. Um, like I was saying with DD, I think he will play with the parent club a bit more. Um, he may float back and forth between the Pelicans and the G League affiliate, the Erie Bayhawks. And, and get some time there so he can just get some more playing time and uh, and get his confidence up for the NBA. But expect him to play about 8 to 10 minutes a game in the front court. Um, and he'll be behind guys like Zion, of course, like Derek Favors, um, and maybe even Jaleel Okafor just having more experience and being in the lead for a long time, which Jaleel Okafor, um, David Griffin actually spoke about Jaleel Okafor while while I have him um you know while I brought him up I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about it because at the press conference David Griffin made a point to compliment Jaleel Okafor on the progress he's made this season if you haven't uh, seen pictures of him working out this season I know there was this um this shirtless picture that was that was going around with him and his trainer um that I saw if you haven't looked at that I encourage you to go find it because he looks incredible 
Um, I, I, I was super impressed with the transformation he made last offseason with his body, um, able to to really carve up and um and get more fit and get more fit in general, strengthen his core, um, and just lose some some weight so he can be more mobile as a big man. But if if you thought his transformation last offseason was impressive, then just wait till you see him this season. I mean, um I think that he can really carve out a role for himself coming off the bench. I definitely think that Derek Favors is solidified now as the starting center uh, day one, but I think Jaleel Okafor can really carve out 15 to 20 minutes a night if he's playing well and scoring around the basket like he does so effectively. And if he can improve his rebounding as well, uh, he can definitely carve out a, a pretty quality role with this team. So um, that's good to see. He's He's looking really good. If you haven't seen that picture, you should go check it out. But let's talk about our last player that really showed out in the Summer League. And I'm talking about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the 17th pick in this year's draft. The same position that Drew Holiday was in when he was drafted. He was the 17th pick as well. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker was one of the most impressive young players in the Summer League in general. Um, They announced that that he was on the the first team all summer league him and Jackson Hayes both uh getting accolades for their summer league performances and this guy was no different um Pelicans fans have already pretty much fallen in love with this guy if you watch the summer league you saw what this guy can do let's go ahead and break some of that down Nikhil Alexander Walker NAW is a scoring first guard he's a combo guard um and that's what he does first and foremost. He is a scorer. He hits the three ball. Um, he can hit it in a variety of ways. He hits some really, really tough shots throughout the summer league, especially from the perimeter, um, from three. This guy can can handle the ball. He can shoot off the dribble, um, off the catch. He can really shoot the three um, any way you need him to. He's really versatile as a perimeter player and perimeter scorer. He was also really good at draw um, – at, charging to the basket at driving to the rim um he has some pretty impressive finishes around the basket he had some some finger roll action there was a lot that you saw from him especially drawing contact and driving to the rim this guy is aggressive he's going to get his offense and get his shots no matter who is guarding him and showed the ability to score around bigger players uh, at the rim and and He's able to kind of adjust on the fly while he's in the air and adjust his jump shot to where he avoids the defender um, and doesn't get blocked by a bigger player. It was really impressive to see um, everything that he has in his offensive skill set throughout the summer league. And this guy really showed out. Um, In his very first game, he had... 23 points I believe and uh, Jackson Hayes had 28 and you know that just goes to show you even though he played well in every other game as well um, as soon as he got out there he was ready to make an impact and he did for this team Um, another big part of his game is the passing ability Um, I'm really surprised by I I saw this guy coming in as more of a combo guard um, a guy similar to like a Frank Jackson but he is far from that in terms of his passing ability, and this guy can really pass the ball. Uh, David Griffin talked about how he sees uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as a point guard, um, and they really played him like a point guard in the summer league. They had him running the offense. Um, he was really able to push the pace and run that gentry style of offense that we're going to be running in the regular season. Um, he operated in the pick-and-roll 
he had some really, really flashy passes and just overall just sees the floor really well. Um, he just makes the right play. Um, he did have a, have some times where he was taking some risks, um, maybe some, some calculated risks that he shouldn't have taken in terms of his passing. And he's really aggressive passing the ball and uh, wants to find those lanes in any way he can. But sometimes it came to bite him back. Uh, Came back to bite him a little bit in terms of the turnovers. Um, he, he didn't do too great in terms of uh, ball security and things like that. But that'll come. That's just something that happens with young players, especially young players that are now you know being seen as point guards. But if this guy can play some point guard, then um, that would be great. He he is a pretty pretty tall player as well. I think he's like six five, six six. Um, he's a, you know he's a tall guard, a tall backcourt player, um, and he was able to. Uh, use that size to his advantage on the defensive end as well. Like I was talking about with Didi, he's really good at fighting over screens, getting in the passing lanes, and he can just keep up with with guys that are you know at his size or smaller. Um, we'll have to see how switchable, how versatile he can be during the regular season if he'll be able to switch on bigger players and hold his own. But just in watching him defend, you know other backcourt players I mean he looks like as good of a defender as anybody in the summer league um so take that with a grain of salt because it is summer league of course but we'll have to see what he can do during the regular season I expect this guy to carve out a role for himself pretty early on um a big question that I want to pose to Pelicans fans and and I've kind of been muling over for the past couple of days is is he gonna uh you know jump Frank Jackson in the rotation and right now I I think he might I think he might jump Jackson because he his skill set works really well um, in terms of coming off the bench because he might be able to run that that uh, second unit as a facilitator as a playmaker if he can run that second unit and come in as kind of the uh, de facto like backup point guard um, and play in that role early on then I think you could see him jump Frank Jackson pretty early on in the season in terms of minutes and in terms of standing in the rotation. So that'll be interesting to see. Frank Jackson had a great first game at well. He had as well. He had thirty over thirty points in the first game that he played him and in, in Zion before he was inevitably um, you know taken out of the summer league. But I think that you could really see Nikhil Alexander Walker carve a role out for himself pretty quickly and jump Frank Jackson in that rotation. So we'll see what happens as training camp rolls around and who's impressing the coaching staff and things like that. But overall, it was a really good summer league for the Pelicans. Um, They made it all the way to the semifinals where they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies by two points. Um, So it was kind of sad to see the summer league Pelicans uh, come to a close without getting that summer league championship but it was really fun to watch probably the most fun I've had in watching a summer league in a very long time especially with this Pelicans team so um, I think Pelicans fans in general just enjoyed having guys to root for in the summer league and not just seeing a bunch of um, you know no name like G League players or, or players that are you know not really NBA players so that was really fun to see We're going to take a reset here, and when I come back, I'm going to talk briefly about the primary roles that these Laker acquisitions are going to be having, and I'm talking about Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram. How are they going to fit in this Gentry style of offense? Are they going to thrive in the kind of offense that he runs, or is it going to be detrimental to their development? And what are they going to be asking these players to do on a nightly basis, in my opinion, from the fans' perspective? 
So I'm going to talk about that in our second segment. You're listening to the Deep South Podcast, and stay tuned, Pelicans fans. Hey guys, and welcome back to this episode of the Deep South Podcast. Let's kick this second segment off with a Twitter question I got from my good friend on Twitter, Positively Pelicans. Shout out to him and the rest of Pelicans Twitter. It's been rough. We've had our ups and downs for sure. We can't deny it, but in the past couple months, there's been a lot of excitement surrounding this team, and so I hope you guys are pumped up and excited for this season. Um, But Positively Pelican's question was, who had the better dunk in Summer League on this Summer League Pelicans team? Was it Zion's rip of Kevin Knox and his tomahawk dunk after, or was it the Jackson Hayes poster over some no-name player um, on the other team. And I'm going to have to go with the Jackson Hayes poster. I mean, this guy jumped from, like, outside of the restricted area um, and just that guy had did not know where he was going. Um, he had to, like, slide back on his butt just to let Jackson Hayes get through and, and get his poster. And, man, I mean, it was on it was on Sports Center and all that for a reason. Uh, so I can't deny how nasty that dunk was. So I'm going to have to go with Jackson Hayes' dunk there. But both were were great. I mean, it's the the amount of athleticism um, and we have on this team is is really just great. And I, I think that we can expect this team to be good defensively right off the bat. I could see them being a top ten defensive team this season when it's all said and done. But with that being said, we're gonna talk briefly about the primary roles of these Laker, these former Lakers players that we have. Um, so let's get it started with. Josh Hart. So Josh Hart is a guy that he's gonna be a he's gonna be a role player for us. I don't think that his upside is is something that he's gonna be um, you know a really great starter in the league. He might play um, this you know a starting role in spot minutes, but really this guy is just gonna be a spark off the bench in terms of his shooting. This is a guy that. Um, had an off year or down year last year in terms of his three-point shooting, but he's a guy that can make that catch-and-shoot three, um, can space the court for the guys around him, and also play defense. Um, and he's going to be a, a pretty versatile defender, at least can guard one through three, and we'll see if he can guard the, the some bigger players as we get to see more of him this season. But this is really just the stereotypical 3-and-D guy, 3-and-D wing he plays primarily the two and the three spot and like I said he's just going to be the guy that he's going to be either that backup wing player and move down Darius Miller to to playing more of the the power forward spot this year um or he's going to play he's going to get some minutes at the shooting guard as well but I think JJ Redick is going to be that first shooting guard off the bench um, I think that they'll still run some of those three guard lineups and maybe Josh Hart would be effective in those playing the three um, because he does have the size to play the small forward spot. But that's really going to be his role. He's going to be a guy that comes in off the bench. He can hit a catch and shoot three. He can space the court and play some defense and guard his position really well. So that's going to be what the Pelicans are going to be asking for him. Now, as for his place in the rotation, that's going to be interesting to see because I think J.J. Redick is going to have to play you know, at least 25 minutes a night to be really effective in spacing the court um, and getting in a combination of different lineups so that he can serve his purpose as the floor spacer. So it's going to be interesting to see where Josh Hart kind of fits into that. 
But I think that he's going to play more of the wing position because we that's the uh, the most shallow position in terms of depth that we have on the roster because we have Brandon Ingram as the the uh, you know the bona fide starter day one he's going to be the starter you have Darius Miller Kenrick Williams um, who are both just really average players you know they're like ninth and tenth man on an NBA roster if if even that uh, and then you have Josh Hart who kind of slots in. So I, I'd say that Josh Hart's definitely a better player than Darius Miller and Kendrick Williams, but it's just going to depend on how they, they want to utilize him. I think that the best way would be to have them play that backup wing position behind Brandon Ingram, and I think that that's what he's going to end up doing and being pretty effective at. But it's going to be interesting to see what the coaching staff thinks of him and his role and what they ask him to do. But expect him to get um, around 15 minutes a night um, going between the shooting guard and small forward positions. Next, we're going to talk about Lonzo Ball, a guy that around the NBA, people have a lot of varying opinions about this guy. Some think that he's the next superstar and he's going to be the uh, you know a top five point guard in a few years. Others think he's a complete bust and shouldn't be in the NBA. So as a Pelicans fan, getting these players, I've heard a lot of different opinions about him. And I'll give... Uh, my perspective on him and then we'll kind of talk about his role with the team so I think Lonzo Ball is going to make a bit of a jump next year in uh, being in Alvin Gentry's offense Alvin Gentry is going to put the ball in his hands he's going to make him distribute make plays for others and the big part of his game that's going to need some improvement and is really going to help him take the next level I'm not even going to talk about the shooting because everybody knows that um, the shooting from the free throw line as well as the three-point line, uh, specifically with the free throws. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the shooting, we know that that shooting needs to improve overall. Um, he has a really janky shooting form. There's like, you know, 12 different hitches in his shot. I mean, I mean, it's just really not good looking at all. Um, and something that is really going to take some serious configuring and restructuring uh, to be effective in that regard because he'll have nights where he'll hit three threes in a row and then hit a couple air balls. You know, it's just it's just super inconsistent. Um, and so he's going to have to really work on that form to, to get significantly better offensively. But the big part of his game that I think it will take him to the next level, um, on top of just putting more strength on his body, working on that shot, working on his free throws, is this guy really needs to attack the rim more. He really needs to be aggressive attacking the rim and trying to draw contact. I know that in the past, just from the fear of you know getting to the free throw line and not being able to hit free throws, he was really passive when he was with the Lakers, and, and I'm sure LeBron James had a lot to do with that. All the, you know the um, the talk around their team, and you know just having these high expectations for him when he just frankly wasn't ready to to take that jump as a young player, you know as a second first and second year player with the Lakers. Um, but I think that. Him just being more aggressive, going to the basket is going to be key for his game because people slack off of him a lot on the defensive end because he just doesn't have um, much in his offensive repertoire that scares you. I mean, he can't hit the three-point shot consistently. Um, he can't really get to the rim. He's not a good enough playmaker. Uh, I'm so, excuse me, a good enough ball handler um, to kind of take people off the dribble. Um, he's not fast enough to you know to get that first step, get past his defender. 
So there's not really much about his offensive game that scares you um, as a typical NBA defender. And you can see it when you watch him in the game. I mean, they slack off of him. They want to give him all the room in the world to drive to the rim. And when he's passive and doesn't want to to take that chance and um, you know try to draw some contact, then he's basically a non-factor on the offensive end if he's not passing the ball. Um, so... He has to be able to do more than just keep the ball moving, throw lobs, and, and you know, and get nice passes. I mean, he does have that rebounding aspect of his game. He's a great rebounder for his position. Um, he's an elite defender. Um, you know, he's really versatile on the defensive end of the ball. There, there's a lot of things that he does really well. It's just that if he can't be a factor offensively, whether it's driving to the rim, drawing contact, whether it's making an open three-pointer every now and then, then it's going to be really hard for him to continue his development. Uh, luckily, there's not as much pressure for him here in New Orleans, and he's going to be able to more or less just go out there and play his game, do what he does well, um, and Alvin Gentry will put him in the in the situation, the right situations for him to kind of thrive uh, with his offense and how he's going to be running. But he's going to be the starting point guard day one. Um, he's going to probably be around 30 minutes or so a game. Um, and I think he's going to need that because in, in Los Angeles, he was always fighting for position at that starting spot with like Rajon Rondo and guys like that. And I, I mean, I think that was pretty stupid on the Lakers part. I mean, you get this young player as a second overall pick and then you don't even put him out for long enough to, um, to kind of, you know, show what he has. And they played a lot better when he was out there. Uh, I mean, after you know the LeBron James injury and you had the Lonzo injury, I mean, their team more or less just fell apart. Um, and you could see that Lonzo was a big part of that. But uh, Luke Walton's a pretty subpar coach, um, so I'm not I'm not worried too much about that. I know Gentry is going to put him in the in the right position. He's going to give him the time to go out there to make mistakes and and ultimately develop his game and and take it to the next level. So I really expect big things from him in this Gentry offense. Uh, his game is great in terms of running in transition. That's going to give him more opportunities to score the ball um, because there, you know, there won't be as many people protecting the rim and uh, and people able to get back on defense. And so that'll kind of be the way that he can attack defenses uh, and get his offense in that way. As um, on top of the fact that he can score the ball, um, of course he's a great rebounder and defender and all of those things. So that's what you can kind of expect from Lonzo Ball. Expect him to be the starting point guard day one playing around 30 minutes a game, and hopefully he can take a step in the right direction and and take a bit of a leap here in his third year in the NBA. So the last guy we're going to talk about here is Brandon Ingram, a guy that he just has so many things about him that point to him being an all-star player. This is the guy who I think is most likely to become an all-star in these three players that we received from the Los Angeles Lakers. He's a 6'10 wing player who can basically score from anywhere on the court. Um, and, you know, in that, that latter half of last season, he was playing really well, averaging over 20 points a game. He's a guy that can make plays for others. They were uh, a lot of times, you know, during his tenure in Los Angeles, they were playing him in a point guard, kind of a point forward role where he was distributing for teammates as well as finding his own offense, that could be a really good thing for him. If he's able to play more of that point-forward role, if him and Lonzo 
can take turns kind of being that main distributor on the floor if he could come in with the second unit and kind of run a point forward role um if he gets more opportunities to do that then i feel like the development for him and the ceiling for him is pretty much endless similar to what i was talking about with jackson hayes because i mean the scoring is there this guy can score from the mid-range he's really good finishing around the rim he he's great at drawing contact he gets free throws and the next step of course you're going to take he can take, like I was talking about with Lonzo Ball, is the shooting, of course. Um, last year, he was around 33% from three, so uh, below average. But I think that he can make strides on that regard. His release doesn't look bad. Um, it, you know, He doesn't have a bad fundamental jump shot. I just think he needs to take it more, um, be more aggressive shooting it overall because he only took like less than two attempts per game. He really just wasn't taking it very much in Los Angeles. And uh, knowing Alvin Gentry and how he likes to, to run this offense, he's going to make him take those shots, especially if he's open. So I think he's going to get the opportunity to develop that part of his game. But – I mean, he has all the other tools that you, that you would like him to have. He can pass the ball. Um, he can rebound it. He, he, you know, he gets stats. He gets the numbers. Um, and obviously, he's a really lengthy player. Um, he should be able to develop into a, a better defender um, overall. He's been kind of up and down on that end of the court, but he definitely has all the tools to be a good defender, especially a good team defender uh, with that wingspan, that 6'10 frame. But I think that he's going to play an integral part in what the Pelicans are doing defensively this year. Um, Because obviously you're going to have Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, and Brandon Ingram uh, serving as like the perimeter defense and that wall, um, stopping people from getting to the basket. And then you'll have Zion Williamson and of course, Derek Favors uh, down low to kind of deter um, those, those people, those, uh, those offensive players that get past that, that first wall of defense. So it's going to be interesting to see the perimeter defense this year, um, to see how he fits into that team scheme of defense. And really, I mean, I could see Brandon Ingram maybe more so than the rest of these players making a big jump this year um, because you kind of saw flashes of it at the latter half of last year after the, around the All-Star break. Um, you saw flashes of what he could be. It's just a matter of putting it together for an entire season. Uh, Lonzo and Ingram were asked about their their injuries and their progress uh, in coming back to to full basketball activities. Um, Lonzo Ball said he's about two weeks away and then he'll be good to go. Um, Ingram still has a little bit to go, but he's been working on his lower body. Uh, He's been doing ball handling, passing, and things like that. He just hasn't been able to shoot just yet um, because he had that that corrective surgery for his shoulder um, to alleviate those blood clots that he was suffering from last season. So once they get back into the swing of things, they can start working out. Um, you know, they can they can, can uh, start developing those aspects of their games, like I talked about. And Brandon Ingram's going to have to get a bit stronger as well. If you saw in these pictures that they took at the press conference, he looks very very skinny right now. I'm not too concerned with it just because he hasn't been able to work out his upper body in any uh, large capacity because of the surgery and things like that. So once he gets with that conditioning staff in New Orleans and he's able to go back to um, you know regular basketball activities, uh, I think he'll be start you know working on that, working on his core and his upper body and things like that. But. That's what's going to do it for this edition of the Deep South Podcast. It was a really fun summer league. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it and actually being able to watch quality talent uh, on the side of the Pelicans and getting some first-round picks, getting some guys that we can root for 
in the summer league and not just no-name guys that probably won't even make the roster. Um, and then we'll see how these Lakers, former Lakers players kind of fit into to what Alvin Gentry is trying to do. I think if everything goes well, Alvin Gentry's offense and his system should really help these guys thrive because they can all play in transition. They can all play defense, which we haven't had in a while. Um, I mean, last year we had Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis as good defenders, and then everybody else was you know, a non-factor on that side of the ball. So we haven't really had this much depth in terms of people that can play defense, um, that can score. You know, there's just so much versatility and athleticism on this team, um, and, so, and more depth than we've probably ever had since I've been watching the the Pelicans. So um, let's see what this team can do, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Deep South podcast. But. Um, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Um, I went a little bit without making a podcast because I was moving into my new apartment. Um, But we're here and we're settled now and I'm going to be putting out some more content for you guys. It's going to be a little spread out. Um, I'll try to put out one uh, one a week at least. But uh, it's a pretty slow season right now in terms of news, in terms of just basketball in general. Um, But I'm going to try to get some content out for you guys um, at least once a week, if not more than that. But in the future and throughout this offseason, we're going to be talking about rotations and minute breakdowns for all these guys. Um, We're going to discuss each one of the players on this team, what we can expect from them next season. We'll do a little bit of uh, projections in terms of points and and things like that and what they're going to be able to do. Um, We're going to break down the Western Conference more now that uh, Kawhi Leonard is on the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of things happened in free agency. And so we're going to talk about the Western Conference and where the Pelicans slot into that. Um, and, you know, just any other topic around the Pelicans that you can think of. With that being said, this has been the Deep South Podcast. Um, like I said, please give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you like about the podcast, what you'd like us to see doing forward, and interact with us on social media. As you know, my name is Landon. You can find me at Hot Pelicans Takes. Reach out to me. Let me know your questions. Let me know your topics that you want to hear about on the Deep South Podcast because we're giving it to you from the fans' perspective, by fans, for fans, every single week. So with that being said, have a good week, Pelicans fans. Continue to keep up with your team, and let's dance. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast Community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash rise up pod community 
and at Community on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community.